Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. Connection Podcast Network. Welcome to this extreme menage a trois of violence you'll ever experience on the North South Connections Extreme Three Way Dance Podcast. I am JT. Joining me, as always, are my very hardcore partners, Jenny and Matt. How are you guys doing? Yes, feeling hardcore. How are you doing, JT? Uh, bloodied up, mm-hmm. dingy, covered in dirt, and mm-hmm. sweat. It's summer in South Philly mm-hmm. inside the ECW. How are you? It's, I'm doing great. That's just a day that ends in Y for me. <laughs> Imagine how hot it must have been during some of these shows, like in the summer. Ugh. Oh, Jesus. I've, only, I've been there twice, and both were in the winter, in like January. So I've never been there when it's just been peak, like July, August. It just must be such a fucking hot box in there. At least it was. I don't know if they got... I, mean, I think it's a little bit nicer now than it was then, but I can only imagine right. '96 in the summer of '96 being there. 1,500 hot, sweaty, smelly Philadelphians. Good lord. <sighs> Dirt everywhere, grime everywhere. It's what a world they're living in at this point. <laughs> no wonder they're so angry. Yeah, <laughs> right? Really? Do you ever just think to yourself like, it's amazing this thing existed the way it did during this time period? Like, <laughs> I, every now and then as I'm watching it, I'm like, it's just insane that this was a thing that occurred. Right. and held on as long as it did as famous as it did like it's just, it's infamous i should say as it did it's just crazy when you think of the star it's just, the whole concept of it blows my mind a lot <laughs> um but we're here to talk about it so we have three episodes of tv here tonight on episode 54 and uh they're actually pretty uh, rare for us they're full tv episodes so usually we have a recap or two but um here we are with three uh loaded episodes we're gonna start on june 4th 1996, Joey Styles in the ring welcomes us in and brings out Raven and Stevie Richards. Stevie says Raven sent him on a mission to find the skankiest, dirtiest, ugliest woman he could find. Stevie has a surprise in the locker room. She'll do anything Raven wants her to do. And she he brings out Divine Brown, 
She struts out. Miles awkwardly get in the ring. Uh, she's struggling to walk in these platform heels on the soft mat. The mat, like, sinks under her. She looks like she's going to, like, break her ankle. Stevie pulls her over, lifts up, lifts her up because she can't stand. He's just, like, holding her. And she tells Raven she'll do anything he wants. Raven says she hasn't been with enough people. He doesn't want her. And uh, he leaves. So kind of a tough night for Divine Brown. And I, I looked this up. Um, I'm pull it back up. Anyway, I'm going to I'm going to pull it up. But uh, did you guys what did you think of this uh, segment, Matt? This uh, this was something uh, sh- she was a mess. <laughs> you mentioned just stumbling all over the place. At one point, she's clinging on to uh, Stevie Richards like she's a koala bear on a tree. <laughs> At one point, like it's just boy. Uh, yeah, uh, this uh, this was uh, this was quite something. And I, I do know who Divine Brown is because I also had to look it up because I had a feeling it was something with the yeah. 90s. But, uh, yeah, just uh, quite a way to kick off <laughs> this show. I pulled it up. But, Jenny, give us your thoughts first, and then we'll talk about Miss Brown. No, I didn't know who she was. Um, but she strutted out, like, initially very confident. And it wasn't until she started trying to walk in the rain that it, that it went badly for her. <laughs> Um, but you know, I like Stevie a lot here because he's so proud, you know, he thinks he's doing like a really good deal for Raven, which I mean, you know, it's not a bad find on Stevie's, uh, in his defense. And he's wearing a sweet boys to men crop top Mm t-shirt, uh, that looks amazing. So, uh, I was impressed with his pick, uh, and then highly entertained by Raven's response to Divine (laughs) She's not, she's, she's not, not slutty enough. enough. I don't want her. She's not, she's not been with enough people. That's that's the kind of kink I'm here for, Raven. Which is surprising <laughs> because given her job, right? Divine Brown is a former sex worker who gained right. public attention in 1995 when actor Hugh Grant was caught receiving oral sex from her in a car on Hollywood's Sunset Boulevard. Real Famously, name, yeah, Estella Marie Thompson. So kind of like Corella Deville's real name. Oh. <laughs> So she ended up being like a pretty infamous call girl, I guess, right? During this time, mm-hmm. and, um, a lot of publicity, made a lot of money off the Hugh Grant incident. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess this is a decent little get for ECW, and I think it's—I mean, I think it's her, or is it like a knockoff? You think it was hard to tell. I mean, just based yeah, on pictures, like I it kind of no looks idea. like her, but I don't know if they just brought out like a fake, which would make a lot of sense to me that they just like did a <laughs> look alike. That is a great question. Yeah, I'm I genuinely have no idea. curious now. Yeah, because I mean they they do tend to get people that you wouldn't expect to show up to these right. things, so it's not unheard of that it would be her. Yeah, it, it looks like it's really her. I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how Stevie pulls up the ropes and then she tries to like get on the one. <laughs> like, none of that was coordinated. No. Yeah, she's it's listed as a TV guest appearance for her. Howard Stern. And then ECW, both in 96, so. <laughs> she had all the grace of a deer that just got hit by a car. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for her. Yeah, that, <laughs> that ring was not made to sustain those heels in any way. No. <laughs> and, and Stevie was endearing by scooping her up like that, because he could have just been an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. But he scooped her up and held her, like, the whole segment. So, <laughs> I gotta say, like, that was endearing to me. Maybe he was trying to score a hookup. Yeah. yeah you, know, you never know. All right, so Joey's in the nasty recast we just saw, and he reminds us that Divine was involved with Hugh Grant in Hollywood. He runs down the show ahead and also sees steals from a Japanese magazine that covers Sabu and RVD's recent issues as well as Sabu's injuries. 
We then have our first matchup as Taz takes on Jason Helton, a Muay Thai boxing expert. And that could be interesting as they keep kind of throwing Taz in there with these different types of, um, you know, mixed martial artists and wrestlers to try and get him over as a shoot artist. We get the awesome Team Taz entrance. Fonzie has on dress shorts and shades for a summer look here. Uh, so <laughs> he's uh, he's pimping it. He's got the flow going. Joey roasts him as always. Uh, Joel Gertner is our announcer. He lays out the rules and does the introductions. And the crowd's a little subdued here as we get going. Helton lands a first shot, rattles and drops Taz, which was surprising to see. Helton keeps landing into shots until Taz takes him and cranks the arm. They grind that for a minute until Taz crushes him with a German, but Helton gets up. And Taz is pissed, so he murders it with a head and arm Taz Plex. That was just disgusting into the finish of the Taz mission. Uh, really not much here. Just exists to push Taz as a machine and a killer. And he just completely mauled this guy. Continuing his dominance, Jenny. went two stars for this destruction of Mr. Helton. This is a shoot fight, Justin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to fight for real. Mm-hmm. There ain't no fucking around in this. Fight. I would argue Jason Helton was probably felt like he was fighting for his life for real. Yeah. <laughs> his tabs was dropping him on his fucking head. That was going to be that my That would be my guess. Because yeah. this guy was like <laughs> truly just uh, overwhelmed <laughs> by the greatness of Taz. Uh, he got zero pop from the crowd. Like nobody gives a shit uh, about this guy. And, you know, Taz just handles him like he's nothing. So I'm like, okay, not much of a shoot fight there, but. You know, standard Taz squash, one and a half stars, Maddie. Yeah, I'm at one and a half, too, uh, solely for the the, the uh, disgusting uh, suplexes. Uh, I put that uh, Jason uh, looked like some sort of uh, cross between Bart Gunn and Jerry Flynn. That's what he looked like <laughs> to me. And then uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but Joel Gertner. Uh, tried to pronounce Muay Thai and said it as Muay Thai. I don't know if you heard <laughs> that. And uh, the way my mind works, all I could think about after he said that was a cow doing martial arts. Like, <laughs> that's just that's just how my mind works. But, uh, yeah, a uh, star and a half for this. I thought maybe you were going to say, like, Mugo Thai Pan. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> But I like the cow martial arts. <laughs> yeah, look, spend a couple hours in this noggin, you'll never be the same. <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, all right. So Taz grabs the mic. He says fans like him tonight, but he doesn't like them. He says Fonzie can't find them any one man to fight. And the guy he wants isn't here. He shits on the fans and rants about competition. Joey gets in the ring and tells Taz he has good news. The challenge has been accepted, but it's not the guy Taz is thinking of. Lance Wright is at ringside. He tells us he is with Paul Varlins from UFC, the polar bear. Varlin says he can find some time to come rock and roll with Taz. Taz calls him a big schmuck. He <laughs> says he's not Ken Shamrock and he'll stretch Varlins out. Taz lays down. He's begging Varlins to get in the ring, but the locker room empties and they block him from doing so. Taz says Varlins is just a bitch like Sabu as he gets pushed to the back. Taz keeps ranting, but eventually Varlins breaks free, but then he gets blocked again. The crowd chants, fuck you, Taz. And uh, this is a really good moment. Like Varlins is a big fucking dude. And Mm -hmm. Taz continues to just be super impressive. Just like calling a guy like this out with no fear is pretty awesome for him. Dude, like his taunts uh, on the mic was just like, come on, come on. Like as as he was being like held back, like Taz would not shut the fuck up. <laughs> like <laughs> He was begging for this shit. Like it was pretty badass because that dude is like twice Taz's size. Come on, Valens, <laughs> you big schmuck. Uh, I'll check you out. <laughs> the big schmuck line killed me. Oh, God, that was so great. The other thing I love, too, was how, when all this is going on, because this was pretty long. This was like 
five minutes long. Uh, Helton is still just dead on the mat. Nobody knows. <laughs> like, for God's sake, like, make sure this guy has a pulse. But uh, I, I did like the segment overall because, you know, we're starting to get to the time where UFC was really starting to pick up steam. So it makes sense to capitalize on it here with the Taz character and put him in there with a the UFC guy. So and it was a good segment, too. So and yes, uh, Varland is a very large human being, which surprised me because, yeah, he just towers over Taz. But uh, yeah, some, good segment here. There's some interesting backstory to their match, too, which we'll cover uh, when they fight at Hardcore Heaven. So I'm uh, not sure if you guys have ever heard the, the story, the legend of Paul Varland and what I goes on with not. that. I no. Okay, it's a good one. I don't think I have either. All right, it's an interesting one. We'll, we'll cover it on our next episode. Uh, Joey's in the nest. He talks about what we just saw and uh, discusses Polar Bear Paul Varland's UFC success and how he could be the guy to take out Taz. Joey's back after break, says we'll hear from Varland's by next week and sends us back to the ring for a six-man elimination, false count anywhere. We get some RF video fan cam footage from Glenn Olden, Pennsylvania, when Dreamer got crushed on a stop sign. It looked like it hurt. That brings us to our big six-man match as Tommy Dreamer and the Pit Bulls take on Brian Lee and the Bruise Brothers. So we get right into the mix here. As we cut to the ring, Pitbull 2 is getting triple teamed and thrown out of the ring for, through a table outside. Pitbull 1 gets posted twice as Dreamer's battered with a chair. Joey knows that Francine, Beulah, and Kimona all are at ringside as Lee eliminates Pitbull 1 after some post shots. Things spill to the crowd as Dreamer's taking a real beating. We get lots of chair shots. Dreamer gets thrown into things as it escalates. They end up out in the nest and on the stage where Tommy does a big wild splash off the balcony. Through Lee, through a table to a big pop. Tommy goes back up to the nest and has two regular ECW female fans make out as Raven pops up and DDT's Dreamer up there. Lee comes up. He chokeslams Tommy off the nest through a table. After a break, we amble back to ringside where Tommy puts it together enough to DDT one of the Bruise Brothers on the floor and eliminate him. Pitbull 2 grabs a plunger and sticks it in Lee's face like he's Johnny Polo. And then Dreamer <laughs> DDTs him. Lee and Harris t- try to team up to powerbomb Tommy through a table. Lee covers and eliminates him. Pretty shocking elimination with Tommy out. That leaves Pitbull 2 solo. He hangs in long enough and eliminates Lee after Harris kicks a chair in his face by accident. Tommy then sneaks in and DDTs Harris and Pitbull 2 rolls him up for the win to earn a world title match. Raven grabs a mic and beats down Pitbull 2. Says the title match is going to happen right now, not down the line. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment. So I, I thought this was fine, kind of all over the place, some odd energy. But the stuff near the nest uh, was really good, of course. Dreamer takes another loss at the hands of Lee and Raven, but gets a little bit of revenge by helping Pitbull 2 win. So the feud rolls on, Matt. I went two and a half for this whole package. Yeah, uh, I'm at two and a half on this, too. It was fairly standard stuff, but it ha- did have a, a couple of good spots on it. The crow's nest stuff was really good. Uh, a dreamer apparently having horny powers by just magically making two women <laughs> kiss in the uh, in the uh, nest there. I mean, we should all be so lucky. But uh, I did think the finish was a little rushed and quick, like kind of just Pitbull 2 uh, scoring the win out of nowhere. But, you know, given that there was another title match coming right after this, I guess it kind of makes sense. But, yeah, uh, fairly standard stuff for me. I'm at two and a half on this. Um, I'm going to go two and a half as well. Um, and who are you to doubt Tommy Dreamer's horny powers, sir? Uh, he's already in like a triad. So, um, he's got plenty of horny powers. Um, I was horny watching him get fucking choke slammed through both of those tables. That was pretty awesome. I feel like y'all kind of undersold that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a mm-hmm. pretty, pretty crazy spot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Joey says... <laughs> He gets a plunger to the puss. <laughs> um, I, and I love Pitbull to, to being the winner here. Like, like you said, sort of an upset, but like he's been real good. Like, 
for a long time. So I was kind of happy to see him get like a surprise win here. Um, kind of doesn't end up great for him eventually, but uh, I, I thought it was pretty awesome that he won. So I'm going to keep it at the two and a half. All right. And then we roll right into our next match, which is for the ECW heavyweight title. Raven defending against Pitbull 2. Raven stomps away. A pile drives Pitbull on the broken table, but Pitbull 2 kicks out. Raven chucks him through a table remnants. Again, only gets two. Pitbull 2 comes firing back, slugs away, crashes the champ with a wheel kick in the corner. Raven's now bleeding as Pitbull 2 grabs a chair and flies off the top with it. But Raven drop kicks him with it as he comes off. DDTs him on the chair, loads the boot, kicks him in the head, and picks up the win. So a pretty fun little mini violent sprint with good heat. I love the drop kick at the end. Mm. I just want to star and a half because, again, there just wasn't a ton there to it. But what we saw was pretty fun, Jenny. Yeah, I mean, considering that two just came off this crazy-ass match, and then he goes right into this. I mean, I thought he was pretty impressive. That drop kick was awesome. Um, I love the blood on Raven. And I'm still a sucker for a stupid loaded boot. <laughs> And then Joey's last words of the match, like, as it fades out, that sucks. <laughs> uh, so I just did the star and a half as well, Maddie. Yeah, I went st- I went two on it. Uh, I really enjoyed this for what it was. I mean, barely two minutes long, but crowd was molten hot for it. And like you guys said, the drop kick was great in the DDT. And uh, really a great way to, uh, looks like they're kind of building up Pitbull 2 for maybe a bit of a singles run here, which is interesting. Yeah. It but uh, which I'm I'm for, quite honestly. But uh, yeah, this was uh, this was real fun stuff for what it was. I went to on it. All right. Really good. Joey. Uh, and yeah, the Pitbull 2 push does seem on the way. What was that, Jenny? I was going to I was going to talk about the Pitbulls for a minute because um, where's one? Is he? Do they say where he's at? Like I barely see him in the match. I, I guess thought. maybe he's still we missed it. Yeah, and maybe he's still kind of selling the attack. Um, yeah, that's that's what I thought. He was still selling the injury. Okay. It, things will get interesting with him in the next month or so, so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll watch it play out. Do we think that he's the better of the Pitbulls right now? I think, well... Or historically? Well, you know I love Pitbull 1. I mean, I he's my, my favorite I dating back. Uh, <laughs> I think Pitbull 1... I think 2 is better in the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only because he's like more insane and has the look to be like a more of like a maniac. I don't know. I like. I think they're both about equal. Like I think either of them could get this push and probably be fine. But right. Yeah. The, I can see why they're, they're doing very, too. They're very very similar. Yeah. I can see why they're doing Pitbull too. Right. For sure. Yeah. One's a little bit of a better talker, I would say probably. But. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna not gonna get an argument from me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joey talks about what we just saw. We see a clip of Lee's chokeslam. We hear from Lee who says the chokeslam was born in ECW and killed everywhere else, but he's resurrected it, taking it to a new extreme called the primetime slam. Pitbull once has been sent to the hospital after that post-crotching, so that's where he is. Mm. Uh, He also hypes up Pitbull, too. Joey says next week we'll see the first appearance of Brian Pillman since his car accident, something you won't see on Raw or Nitro. And next week we'll also see the Dullies versus the FBI in a massacre rematch. We'll also see Devon. Uh, we'll see Devon. We'll keep running rush out over the family. RVD will face Mikey Whipwreck next week as well. So a lot of action lined up. We also get word from Paul Varlins next week and updates on Hardcore Heaven. So seems like a pretty big installment coming a week from this one as Joey wraps things up. I really like the callback to 911 um, mm-hmm. by Brian Lee. 
talking about the choke slam and and reclaiming it. That's bold. Uh, yeah. On his yeah. part, but I would say he earned it uh, based on his move on Tommy. So uh, that's that's fun. Um, Pillman uh, only at ECW and nowhere else. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and then well, his we, return will be seen right, on ECW. Right. And nowhere right. Else. Not, right. Not just him. Um, right. Um, and then at the end, they just do like clips from the episode that we just watched, which I thought was a little odd because they normally don't do that. We're usually doing like a Pulp Fiction or something. So I was like, why are they ending on this random bunch of clips? So a little bit of weird um, ending to the episode, but very good overall. Maddie? Yeah, that was my big takeaway from the end of this episode was that we didn't get any Pulp Fiction. Like even like usually when we get like match heavy ECW, uh, episodes like we at least get a pulp fiction just to like kind of get everybody on the show so i I was kind of surprised that we didn't get that and then they just kind of replay everything like you said from earlier in the episode like i don't know if they were short on time with this episode but uh, that was uh that was kind of weird to me and uh interesting to me too that one that you're getting brian pillman again in ecw i I thought that was uh that was interesting i wasn't really expecting that and then the 911 mentioned too i i don't remember him being around this late into ECW at all. So uh, I thought that was interesting that they were bringing him up. I don't know if he's going to make an appearance at some point, but I, I feel like the fact that they're mentioning him kind of maybe shows that he may make an appearance somewhere down the line. I don't know, mm. but uh, yeah, uh, a good episode for me. Yeah. He's been gone for quite a bit for sure. So we'll yeah. see invoke his name or I mean, ECW Joey does tend to just bring people up. Not mm-hmm. no meaning anything. So, all right, let's get to our awards for this episode. Uh, our best match. Not not many options, so we went with the mm. six man tag. Yeah. Yep. Worst match: uh, Raven Pitbull two, I guess, just by default. Even that was still pretty fun. Mhm. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Taz Helton on there. Okay. Uh, best moment: I went with the Taz Polar Bear Showdown. <laughs> I've got to go with Divine Brown reveal. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Lee choke slamming Dreamer off the mm-hmm. nest. That's really good too. All right, most '90s. I this is where I went with Divine Brown, as well as the uh, Polar Bear Paul Varlins. Both the very '90s. <laughs> that Boys to Men T-shirt though. Yep, mm-hmm. that was the that was the two I had. I had Divine Brown and Stevie's uh, Boys to Men <laughs> shirt. Stevie's shirts deserve their own category. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, stock rising. I went with Taz and Pitbull too. I would put Brian Lee on there again. It's crazy how pretty good. Yeah, he is. I would. Right? <laughs> I would. And I would put Stevie on there probably for mm. me. Stock falling. I would pour Divine Brown more than she was falling. <laughs> and then uh, Todd Helton there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Helton, definitely. Yeah, Sorry. You, you gotta, uh, may he rest in peace, of course, mm-hmm. Jason Helton. <laughs> All right, final grade. I, this was fine. This is probably one of our lesser end ECW TVs, and we don't grade a lot of the TVs because, again, we usually have seen a lot of the big shows where the TV feeds off of, but I went four and a half out of ten. Like, we just we didn't get a ton here. Uh, it seems like they were focusing a lot on hyping next week. This seemed like kind of the preamble where we see some of the lesser end stuff that they had filmed on whatever weekend taping this was, mm-hmm. and now we'll get the bigger, the bigger stuff uh, next week. So uh, what do you guys think? Agreed with all of that, but I I gave it the five out of ten. 
Yeah, I went five for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, there was decent stuff and decent enough storyline stuff, but it was was missing something. And it needed like one more thing you could really sink your teeth into for me. So five out of ten. All right. Uh, let's head uh, to that big episode then. June 11, 1996. We'll see if it lives up to the hype. We opened clips of a press conference to officially announce Taz versus Paul Varlins for Hardcore Heaven. Contracts have been signed. Todd Gordon is sitting with Varlins, who recaps why this is all happening. Team Taz and a bunch of officials are there as well. Taz says he's doing this because someone else won't fight him, of course, meaning Sabu. <laughs> Taz stands up and shakes Paul's hands and says he's looking forward to it. They both talk some shit and get pulled apart. And I, I thought it was pretty good. It was simple. It was effective. We didn't have the force brawl. They just mm. kind of went back and forth, set the tone. And uh, what I thought was stood out was the size difference between these two guys. It was like pretty <laughs> wild. Mm-hmm. We had the exact same notes because I'm like, Taz looks so tiny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's guy. like <laughs> crazy, the size difference. And then Team Taz looks like a bunch of monks, like from Halloween or something behind <laughs> like they're in like the orange and black and it's like very weird um look but i was also surprised that they didn't have a brawl but mm-hmm. it was good like i just thought it was like real tense without getting to that point so it, it helps build some of that I, I love taz's attitude through this whole thing it's like all right i i guess i'll have to fight this guy because somebody doesn't want to <laughs> fight me like it's just it's so perfect fight then, someone uh, yeah and then and you have, Taz with his Napoleon complex getting all angry. <laughs> like, like the, the size difference is striking. Varlins, this was this is what really showed it to me. Varlins is fucking massive. My God. Taz, like, I know Sabu does the like point to the sky thing, and that's why he does it every time he mentions Sabu. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just funny because it looks like he's talking about God to me. So. <laughs> Reverend Taz. <laughs> He's like, somebody won't fight me. <laughs> he does look like a literal polar bear. You can see why he got that nickname. Yeah, sure. yeah really. Yeah, and Taz continues to call out Sabu. So we'll see when that, if that finally happens. We open a clip of the, uh, I'm sorry, with the press conference. So we go from there uh, to our opening animation. Joey welcomes us in, runs through Taz's parade of victims to hype his match with the polar bear. Joey runs down to tonight's items, including Brian Pillman's first post-accident appearance. And that'll happen here, not Raw or Nitro. And that brings us to our first match. But before we do that, that brings us to our Italian lesson of the week. Excited? We didn't get one in our last episode. Yes, we've been waiting. Mm-hmm. Waiting this whole time. All right, very exciting. And our word tonight Scrocone. 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 And that means a scrounger or a bum, a freeloader, a moocher. Mm. I thought that was just how you. I thought that was just how you said scrotum in Italian. That was wrong. <laughs> I was going to be scrotum. Uh, Souza, fare lo scrocone. <laughs> to be a bum. I'd prefer it if you'd not talked about my scrotum in a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. That scrocone stayed three years too long. <laughs> 
Scracone. Scracone. <laughs> Scracone ate all the fucking donuts <laughs> from the church basement. A fangool. <laughs> Let me say it, Jenny, in a sentence. <laughs> I'd prefer it if JT didn't talk about my Scracone <laughs> on the podcast. You're right. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> the edibles kicked in. Yeah, sorry. I see. <laughs> you good? Mm-hmm, I'm good. All Let's right. Go. Let's move on. So our match is the full-blooded Italians taking on the Dudley Boys. The newly christened FBI are in the ring sparring as the Dudley clan stomps out. DW is out on a chair, out of the chair. He's on crutches now, so make it progress. Chubby's eating donuts. The scrockhole that he is. <laughs> and uh, Devon has a chair with him. Joey says JT's in great shape. He's working off all the ravioli, and he's—I think he's right. I thought him and Mito yeah. both do look great here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get our usual shtick from Bubba with JT interrupting along the way, and the crowd just eats it all up. Devon bullies Bubba. The crowd calls the FBI idiots. Uh, and then runs through his three rules. Devon does. Joey says lip syncing isn't stealing unless you're a Billy Vanilli. Bubba and Devon jump the FBI and maul them with some rugged power offensive strikes. Guido takes a fucking shit kicking. Mm. DW smacks JT with his crutch, but then Bubba press slams Guido into him from the ring. We reset, but it's more of the same as Bubba's knee. Get, and then Bubba's knee gets taken out. The FBI control is very short lived. After a break, Devon slips on the middle rope, and the crowd is just all over him. <laughs> Joey says it's ironic that the slip happened when he's like, <laughs> Guido has brief control, but that ends when Devon hits a chair shot, and he just crushes JT with it. Bubba's struggling to get up with his messy knee, but he trips JT for the mat and hammers away. Devon smashes the ref with the chair and stomps on him, and actually draws a DQ for the FBI win. The brawl rolls on, so Devon can do his chair attack, just being a bully as always. Bubba ends up on DW's crutch, but Devon crushes him with a chair to the head, wipes out all his brothers, even poor DW. Dick then marches out with his leg brace on. He's pissed, but Devon's long gone by the time he gets there. And the FBI head out as well. Joey says Dick has arms like legs and legs like people. <laughs> Dick snaps the crutch and chucks it into the crowd. Uh, I thought this was actually pretty fun while it lasted. A lot of chaos. My still, my problem is Devon is just how uncomfortably, uncomfortably brutal he is. Mm. Mm-hmm. in there like it feels like too much like it's kind of cringy to watch a lot of those mm-hmm. chair shots from him uh but it could be good heat if anyone ever rebels on him so we'll see the fbi survive in advance and i gave this a star and three quarters matt yeah uh i went two on it the uh the dudley's uh ass kicking of the fbi <laughs> continues i mean it, it's every time these two teams wrestle they just uh, the fbi just gets the shit kicked out of them it's it's like you said it's really brutal uh, I, I liked uh, JT cowering in fear <laughs> as Devon grabs the chair because he knows he's about to get fucked up, which he does. Like, I thought that was just a, a neat touch by him. And I, I really liked uh, Bubba's sell of the chair shot, how he, he just fell over like a fucking redwood tree in a forest. <laughs> I, I thought that was that was really well done. I mean, it, it, it was fine, but, it, you know... I'm kind of at the point where I don't necessarily need to see the Dudleys versus the FBI again. Like mm. we get it. They're all relatively similar. I mean, they're still, they're fun to watch, but they're all, they're very similar matches. So uh, I went two on this, like I did with the other ones. Mm, yeah. I, I'm pretty much done with this too. Like uh, why, is, why Devon so pissed? What is his deal? What's his problem? Very angry. He's, I mean, he's so causing a lot angry. of concussions because of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
the chair this all of this is just chair shots and like fucking brutal ones um i love little guido's fire though boy he ain't scared i mean he gonna get his ass whooped but like he's ready uh to to get in on it you know and he he takes it i mean (laughs) he does a really good job at uh just getting fucked up as does jt um but i was happy to see (laughs) t-bot fall off the ropes though that's (laughs) hilarious Uh, i love this crowd i love them just automatically um never letting that go um so messy and um you know a ref a ref thing is the only thing that's going to stop a, a fucking <laughs> brutal attack by Devon, apparently. So I, I'm a little bit lower. I'm like one and a half stars on it. Yeah, and I, I have liked Guido. I think he's been a good addition to JT. I think JT needed someone like this he to did. help him out um, and keep this gimmick really starting to grow further. So we'll see how the FBI continues to evolve. And, yeah, we'll see where things go with the Dudleys and if Devon gets at least some comeuppance for this brutal array of chair shots he's been unloading at least little guido's getting jt in the gym it looks like because he is looking mm-hmm. pretty cut yeah he's looking good and they're working mm-hmm. out all right back to the ring as we have rob van dam taking on mikey whipwreck and mm-hmm. mikey got a haircut mm-hmm. uh no more uh shaggy do all over uh he's hobbling joey said he has knee drained recently he probably shouldn't even be out there joey reminds us that rvd put sabu in the hospital and has shown him no respect Joey runs down Mikey's hit list, calls out Steve Austin and Rey Mysterio, which was a nice touch. Of course, two huge stars here in June. Uh, RVD comes right at Mikey, slaps him around, and resets as we ease in. Out comes Brian Pillman in a wheelchair. He demands to stop the match. He tells the fans to get on their knees and pay homage to Brian fucking Pillman. Pillman tells Mikey to come down if he's got a problem, and Mikey obliges. Pillman asks if he would really beat up a cripple, and Mikey says yes, and he smacks him. But then (laughs) Pillman hops up and bashes him over and over with a cane. RVD joins in. He uses a chair. Just a vicious beatdown. Pillman hops all around ringside wildly as RVD drags Mikey back in and hits a leg drop on the chair to his face. RVD uses the chair again, and it's a standing moonsault for the win. Uh, not much of a match. This is perfect for RVD's shitbag character he's got going on, where he'll just do whatever. No respect just to win a match. Pillman's stuff was great, too. Uh, really good heat building, good story work, and I'm sure this could be far from over. We'll see. But it was really well done. Tough night for Mikey, but it was good to actually see him in something story related mm. and not just out there having a match. I went two stars, Jenny. I thought this was entertaining. Two stars for me. And yes, like, why does the story have to be Mikey getting this ass whooped? Like, I wanted a story <laughs> for Mikey, but not necessarily this one. Although I feel like Pillman level storyline is good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's super hot and crazy. So, like, it's. It's a good spot, I think, for Mikey. If they continue, who fucking knows what they do with that? But boy, he beats the shit out of Mikey with his with his crutch from his wheelchair and one legged. It's impressive. It really is. I think that Brian had a lot of aggression he needs to get. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not happy. No. Is that how you felt when you finally got uh, out of your, your yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Your boot. <laughs> Just started beat the shit out of Andy with my fucking crutch. <laughs> uh, and then Joey saying he almost decapitated Mikey because he almost did. I mean, it looked really good, and uh, the drop kick was pretty great and fucking brutal. Two stars, Matt. Yeah, I'm at two stars for this. Uh, 
makes uh, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about why Mikey, but I, I think they did it to Mikey because Mikey knows how to get the shit Do kicked it. out of right, him and, yeah. and make it look really fucking good. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's probably why they did it. Uh, and I, I like that they're putting over RVD and they're trying to siphon off some of the Pillman heat to RVD to really get RVD just over the edge and fucking hateable. I thought that was really smart. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this segment. Two stars for the whole thing. How much damage do you think Pillman did to his leg doing this? Like, he was not healed. <laughs> like, Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, he's not, because he he doesn't <laughs> wrestle for almost another year at this point. Right? Yeah, I mean, he should not be doing this shit. Yeah, no. Some of them did some similar stuff on various trips mm-hmm. this, this year. You know, you get through it. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Some of that tipped a rascal into a wall and slammed his <laughs> casted foot into it. Ran over people and shit. Yeah. Look, you take enough things to numb the pain, you'll do whatever you want. Nice, uh, fine. <laughs> Nothing bad happens. All right. Well, then we get to what ends up being, sadly, Brian Pillman's final ECW appearance Mm. as Joey Styles comes down and Pillman says, be a prop and hold the mic so I can talk. (laughs) He says, coming back here has been great therapy. Look at all these pieces of shit. He realizes he's a world-class athlete like him can come here and celebrate and rejoice what RVD has done to the holy flagship of ECW, Sabu. Sabu and the fans all suck. RVD's the savior. You should be looking at him for leadership, not a bumble, bumbling drunk like Sandman with a manager that's managed a lot of manhoods. And RVD <laughs> says, let's get the fuck out of this dump, Brian. <laughs> and he pushes Pillman down the aisle in his wheelchair. A uh, really fun pairing. Like if Pillman stuck around, him as a manager for RVD could have been pretty fun, given their uh, respective attitudes toward everything. But uh, this would be it. Pillman would sign his big money deal with the WF a couple weeks later and debut with King of the Ring 96. And on from there. So uh, what did you think of this interview, Jenny? And then any kind of wrap up thoughts on Pillman's run? Who else can deliver such a fiery promo from a wheelchair? I mean, (laughs) it's the list is very short and he just he just nails it. Joey's like eating it up like (laughs) he's like loving it. RVD so much of a fucking asshole just hanging around in the back. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, oh my God. But I mean, overall, I mean, he's, he's, he's a hurricane. He's a force of nature. He's fucking undeniable. And that's what he did in ECW. Like was just crazy insane from like chef Pillman in some random restaurant um, in his own house. I think he had a promo at one the point. Pencil. Yep, the, the pencil. pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just been amazing to watch. Stuff for like, Shane Douglas, who's so using the woman as the yes. shield and all that. Oh, my God. Yep. Just absolute chaos and destruction. Yeah, uh, this was fantastic, as per usual, with Pillman. I, I could listen to Pillman read from the dictionary, honest, and <laughs> he, he could make it interesting. Uh, him calling RVD the savior of ECW was great. And I, I had the same note that you had that, like, it made me wish that Pillman kind of stuck around just to be a mouthpiece for RVD, because mm-hmm. I think it, just hearing Pillman talk about anything on the mic would have been uh, would have been really entertaining. As yeah, for I think him, him overall, is, him is like the crazy uncle. With like right. arm, calm RVD, like all right, Uncle Fine, <laughs> get out of this fucking dump, wheeling him off. <laughs> Could have been a good uh, dichotomy. Oh, definitely. But uh, as for Pillman overall, you know, 
he was around for what four uh four or five months something like that and i mean you think of all the stuff he did and like what he left in ecw without wrestling a fucking match for him it's kind of kind of wild to think about that everything he did for ecw is you know promo based or interviews in the ring and it's all all of it is like legendary stuff like you said the pencil stuff the stuff with shane douglas the, the chef stuff i mean it's all it's all fantastic and uh uh, you, you won't see this Pillman. You'll see a glimpse of this Pillman in WWF, but obviously not to this extent. So uh, he will be missed in ECW for sure. Well, and it tells you just like how good they ECW is at maximizing these guys, but then also mm-hmm. not being hurt. Like mm-hmm. Pillman, Austin, like these are just guys that just left this year. Like Austin Pillman, Mysterio, Hooventude, Psychosis, like this isn't even counting the batch before them, like the Ben Malenko batch, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these guys come in, they use them, they put them over, like they use them to put other guys over, they put them over, they get memorable moments out of them, but then the machine just chugs along when they leave. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they add a lot, but when they're gone, they don't take away a lot. Like it's it's amazing the way they just keep churning through all these different guys and maximizing them and, you know, utilizing them in a, in a positive way, even though they knew Pillman probably was on his way out, they don't mm-hmm. bury him or you know, they just, they use him to the last possible minute to put shit over. Right. And the guys mm-hmm. seem like really happy to be there in general. Like they seem right. like they're kind of having a ball. Like Austin, I thought had the fucking time of his life. Doing right. That shit. Right. Well, it's just such a positive creative outlet that mm-hmm. they're there right. to just let loose and be themselves and yep. be creative and open. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a healthy, atmosphere for sure overall so yeah all right joey talks about the issues between sabu and rvd we then go backstage with paul Heyman. he says we know who told rvd the truth about sabu's vertebrae and he should not have wrestled again he says cal ripkin is heralded as an iron man and dennis rodman is a guy that never stops but they paled to sabu who goes out every night and takes a beating rvd knew how to take him out after taz told him to go after the back of the neck and that's it at hardcore heaven rvd has a receipt coming his way he kno- has known sabu and he knows he'll kick RVD's ass, of course, is the usual pretty good, uh, solid Paul Heyman promo, Matt. Yeah, I would agree. Again, Heyman on point with a great promo. Uh, seems like they're building towards uh, RVD and Sabu at Hardcore Heaven being more of a fight than a wrestling match, mm-hmm. which we've kind of seen, which I am all for. I mean, I've been lower on the previous two matches than you guys, but I, I, it feels like it's going towards the way of it being like a, a knockdown drag out type of fight. And I hope that's the case when we get to hardcore heaven. So we'll see, but yeah, another great promo from Heyman as per usual with him. Yeah. I think I was just asking for more Paul Heyman mm-hmm. promos and I get one. I, I still don't buy his whole um, angle that he's trying to sell here about, yeah, you had inside information. Cool. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. That's fine. Just talk. Like, it's fine. Whatever right. you're saying. I don't believe you, but I like watching you. And you sound <laughs> good. So that's fine. More of, more of like, more Heyman, but with better content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Joey chats about Shane Douglas being TV champion. You only wanted to do to spite uh, Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> spite store. Not wanting. Not because he wanted it. <laughs> He's now sick with an infection. He's in the hospital, 106 degree temperature. So he had to miss his rematch. Out comes Shane Douglas to the ring, treating the title like trash. He's dragging it, throws him in the <laughs> ring. He kicks it. Shane's and Shane, by the way, we talked about JT Smith earlier. Shane is like lean and sick. Shredded. Oh yeah. He's in the best shape of his career by far. Yep. Douglas mocks Scorpio for getting sick and missing this title shot. He's going to bring out a rookie 
challenge. If he can handle it, he calls out El Puerto Ricanio. <laughs> Douglas baits LPRN. He hits a corkscrew vertical suplex and a belly-to-belly and pins him. Uh, just, just a squash and a statement. And we clip ahead to another challenge. Is Donnie Allen comes out, and Douglas beats the shit out of him and pins him. Devin Storm gets the same. Douglas keeps asking for challengers, so out come Mikey Whipwreck. He's hobbling. We clip ahead, and Douglas takes him out uh, by going after his knee and hooking a clover leaf for the win. Then some wrestlers come out to carry out the carnage as Douglas is taunting Pitbull 2. Francine tries to back him off, but he keeps stepping to the ring as Douglas keeps going, eventually ripping San- uh, Francine, saying he's seen Missy Maya fuck half the dressing room. <laughs> he's seen Bula and Kimona do their thing, and he saw the world's most uh, famous prostitute here tonight, but Francine must be the ugliest slut here at ECW. <laughs> And that breaks the levy as everyone just starts coming in. Francine comes in and slaps Douglas, but Shane hits her with a belly to belly, which draws in Pitbull too. He charges, but Shane smacks him with the belt. Uh, so before we get to the match, what did you think of this segment? Uh, this was amazing. <laughs> he was awesome. It's like, uh, I was worried. I was worried about Shane, but boy, um, you know, poor LPR, poor Donnie Allen, poor Devin Storm. And then I was like, this is fun. I was like, this is great. I was enjoying it because they clip it out to where, like, it looks it, – I feel like it's funnier the way they clipped it than probably the way it went, you know. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, But I enjoyed it a lot, uh, watching these guys just get murdered by Shane. And then Mikey comes out like, no, what are we doing? I'm Mikey. <laughs> Um, didn't enjoy that, but um, if there's ever an open challenge, Mikey Whipper, yeah, yeah, always, he'll never learn. Um, the shit, I mean, talking about Francine was fucking hilarious. I was dying, like dying. She took, I mean, she took that hit too. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. awesome pop, like I don't know, I thought it was so good. (laughs) It was a great promo. Shane's just been on fire since. Yeah, I mean, Shane again, just so good at being a fucking dickhead just destroying all these people and then calling uh, Francine a bitch and then saying to Pitbull too, are you a Pitbull or are you a bitch? I mean <laughs> the belly to belly to Francine Francine oh took a hell of a bump I, I think she ended, I think she landed on the belt <laughs> with it it's just, yeah na- nasty, nasty stuff. Shane is just he's so fucking good at being an asshole I mean, it's probably not too far from how he is in real life, it's probably not that far of a reach yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, that makes him good at it on uh, wrestling television. So, whatever works, I suppose. Well, and that sets up our match here, our main event, for the TV title, Pitbull 2, challenging Shane Douglas. Pitbull comes right at Shane. Shane tries to escape, but Pitbull drags him back in the ring, press slams him hard to the mat for a close near fall. Really good tease there out of the gate. Pitbull 2 power slams Douglas for two as this crowd is ready. Douglas counters a press slam to a head scissors. We clip ahead to a wild spot where Pitbull 2 tries a running leg drop off the apron, but Douglas dodges and he crotches himself on the railing and collapses. Joey says the Pitbull may have neutered himself. <laughs> Douglas stomps away. We clip ahead back to the ring as Shane hooks a clover leaf. Pitbull 2 fights free. We clip again where Douglas tries a super belly to belly, but Pitbull 2 blocks it and super bombs a champ to win the television title to a massive pop what? for a big upset. And Joey says he did it for his injured partner. Pitbull won. Uh, so a big, big upset here. A really fun match. A moment. Pitbull 2 gets a big push these last two weeks with the Raven stuff setting the table for him taking the TV title. I thought the angle was good. Douglas runs his mouth and it cost him. Uh, it also, you know, paid off multiple things. It gets the belt off Shane, who kind of didn't want it anyway at this point. And uh, also, again, pays off the attack on Francine. Pitbull 2's rise. And 
you know, makes a potential new single star in him too. So good stuff. I think if you saw the whole thing could have been better. The clip version was solid. So I went two and a half, uh, but it was, it was really fun, Jenny. Dude, I had to give it the three. I was just like super entertained. Um, and the match ended up being like low key, pretty awesome. And mm-hmm. this is super impressive again for Shane, who, Last time was very impressive by having an awesome match and then cutting an awesome promo. And this time he does both. Like he murders like four guys and then has this pretty good fucking little match with Pitbull too here. Even though he loses, I was shocked that he lost, but I love that he lost. Uh, I love Pitbull 2 getting another win and a fucking title out of nowhere. Um, I don't see it lasting long, but... I really loved it. The crowd went nuts for it, which I loved as well. They're, this crowd is very endearing. Um, dude, it was awesome. I had to go to three stars, Matt. Yeah, two and a half for me. Uh, again, the crowd was awesome during this. The crowd really helped uh, this match. Uh, good God, that spot where Pitbull 2 crotches himself. Mm-hmm. Just, yes. what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, are you planning on ever having sex again? What is wrong with you? Don't do that. You guys that. are both out of the fucking mind. Holy <laughs> shit. I couldn't believe it. Like, my lord, don't do that again, please. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that they took the title off Shane already, but it was uh, nice to see Shane get some uh, comeuppance for the uh, the pre-match business. So uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, look, if the goal is to uh, piss off Shane Douglas even more, then I'm all for it because pissed off Shane has been probably the best Shane. So, uh, yeah, uh, really fun stuff. Uh, hot crowd, hot everything. Uh, two and a half for me. All right, Joey's in the nest. Shane comes in, says he wants his belt back. He crippled Scorpio <laughs> when he didn't want it. So imagine what he'll do now that he does. So a good little twist here to make the belt important again, because deep down you knew Shane really wanted it, and he was just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we then get our Pulp Fiction. The Dudleys are backstage. Bubba says Big Dick has become a very happy person. Dick growls. The Eliminators are in the stairs, and Saturn says he wasn't winning beauty contests before the stitches of blood anyway. Divine Brown walks backstage and says ECW's crazy, and then smacks Stevie when it comes to flirt with her. Fonzie on the beach with an outtake about his take sucking. Divine again talks about how crazy ECW is and fends off Stevie and his money. Bubba's stuttering and says it's time to solve the family misunderstanding and adjust Devon's attitude. Missy wants to strip on the beach while Sam May wants to cane someone. Fonzie's in a hot tub with two chicks. He's ranting at them for calling him Fonzie. <laughs> Dreamer and the ladies uh, issue warning to Brian Lee. We see Lee in an alley saying he'll end Tommy's career and carve out his soul. And then we just see Raven... And this was a very good bounce back episode uh, from what was a tough first outing for us here tonight. Uh, not tough, but middling. Uh, what did you think of the Pulp Fiction, Matt? Yeah, uh, Divine Brown with the weakest slap ever on Stevie Richards. Like, uh, that was more, I don't know what it was, but it <laughs> wasn't a good one. Uh, I, I didn't need to see Fonzie shirtless. I didn't need that. <laughs> and then I also didn't need to see his rat tail when he was in the fucking hot tub. Like, <laughs> good lord. That's way too much Fonzie. <laughs> More Fonzie than any normal human being needs to see. Uh, the Shane promo was uh, great stuff. And uh, Saturn not winning any beauty contests. Yeah, no kidding with that lazy eye. But uh, yeah, again, again, a, a great Pulp Fiction. Uh, something that uh, we could have used on the last episode. I'm glad we got it here. Yeah, I was glad to see it too. Um, those stitches, though. Oh, on his head. Oh, mm-hmm. so sick. Oh, that was awesome. Um, Missy and Sandman, always love to see them. Uh, Fonzie, no thank you. 
What, what are these girls? Are they drugged? I'm concerned for them. What is happening? Blink um, twice if you need help. Yes. What, like, They're coming like, after a scratch. I know you're probably trying to get to Taz, but it's not worth it, babes. Not, not for Fonzie. Uh, I would not be in a fucking bowl of anything with that man. Anyway, uh, I love Carve Out Your Soul. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome ending with Raven, too. This is a good one. All right. Best match. I went with Pitbull 2 and Douglas. Yep. Yep. All right. Worst match, FBI Dudleys. Uh, yeah. We'll go with yep. that. Yep. All right. Best moment. I went with Pillman. Just Pillman. Everything Just, Pillman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Pillman. Pillman. Most 90s was a press conference with a pink tablecloth at a random ballroom or some <laughs> fucking conference room. <laughs> and then the Millie Vanilli reference from Joey. Yeah. That's what I had. Millie Vanilli. Uh, I had Fonzie with a rat tail because rat tails are very 90s. <laughs> and gold chain. <laughs> Stock rising, FBI, Pillman, RVD, and Pitbull 2. And Shane. And Shane. Yeah, I had Shane, RVD, and Pitbull 2. So. And the stock falling, all the bums for the shade segment, LPR, Storm, <laughs> and Allen. Yeah. But e- not every- Mikey. Not Mikey, no. Right. Everybody minus Mikey that Shane mm-hmm. kicked the shit out of before the title match. Would you put Devon on that as well, or not yet? Uh, for LVP? Yeah. No, not yet. I think. Not yet. This okay. is like a story that they're telling, so. Okay. Uh, all right. So I again, a good episode, strong episode. We had a lot of fun stuff in here. Uh, a couple good matches, a big title moment. So I went six and a half. That is a very good episode of ECW Television. Seven out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. Yep, seven for me. Uh, big TV title change, great angles. Uh, Brian Pillman. So yeah, seven. Mm-hmm. All right, very good, very good. Jenny, before we get on to our third episode, anything you want to talk about? You got going on elsewhere? Elsewhere, I have a podcast feed. It is called the Jenny Position. I have lots of great shows over there, like um, Freak Out Drive In, which is a live watch horror podcast. We had. Five episodes in the month of October, so go back and listen to those. And there's a show called You Heard About Pluto, which live watches things from Pluto TV, which is very amazing and funny as well. And uh, Talk and Pop is my show with my bestie, Tim Capel. And The Return of Geek and Sassy, Geek and Sassy should be very soon. So um, check all that out and uh, follow me on Twitter at Jenny Position can find me on my show over on the pop feed piece of the action by the time you're hearing this november's episode with my guest sean kidd should be out so give that a listen uh you can find me on popcorn chicken salad on the pop feed and uh you can also find me on youtube roulette over on the place to be nation wrestling feed and you can find me on the twitter machine at msusa 1991 all right. Of course, we have tons of content dropping here each and every day on the North-South Connection. Sure, subscribe, rate us, and leave feedback. We have tons of evergreen content that you can come in and out of, covering all different eras of wrestling, all different kinds of lists and exercises that we work through as well. Such shows like No Holds Barred, where we do a lot of just kind of ranking and, and lists. And also Dirty War, where Marcus Fuller and I are going through watching every Dirty pay-per-view season and rating them on different metric system that we built based on wins above replacement from the world of baseball. So just different stuff like that. Talking some movies. We got some pop culture stuff, some comics, everything you could want at the North South Connection. Just reach out, 
like I said, uh, hit us up on social media. Leave us a rating on any podcatcher app. It would help us uh, continue to grow the audience. So we appreciate you. June 18th, 1996. We open with a recap of everything that went over, over the last couple weeks or so. Taz and Varlins, Lee and Dreamer, the Dudleys, Douglas and Pitbull, the RVD Sebu Pillman issue. Pretty good kind of catch-up video if you've been out of the loop for the last couple of weeks and you're just tuning in. So uh, I thought this was a strong open. If you're uh, someone that hadn't been watching week to week, we get our opening animation. Joey then welcomes us to the nest. He runs down the hard, uh, Hardcore Heaven card. We found out Douglas lost his two TV title rematches to Pitbull 2 and is now no longer the top contender. That will be Chris Jericho who gets a title shot. We also see the recent debut of the Samoan Gangsta Party, who assaulted the gangsters recently. And we are officially saying goodbye and good riddance to Brian Pillman. Joey says he left our little promotion for the WF, but Pillman said he'll still use ECW as a forum to share controversial opinions. And Joey says, bring it on. So, uh, Jenny, what do you think of Joey kind of laying out the issues of the day here? Lots going on. Oh, so much to keep track of. Thank God for Joey Styles. Mm -hmm. Continues to be the backbone of the promotion, in my opinion. He really is. I mean, he's the voice of it. He keeps everyone centered. Uh, he makes these little segments count. They maximize the time and make sure we always have a clear understanding of what's going on. Uh, I would agree. And uh, my main thing from uh, these two segments was uh, I'm surprised that the Pillman stuff, that they're still going to have him, like they're still going to promote his merchandise. They think they said, and, and like it's still using ECW as a forum for, for his opinions. So was the, the ECW relationship with WWF this early on like that? That's... Yeah, because they, they have guys show up in September at mind games. Yeah. So I think things kind of wild to me. starting to kind of form. And I think Pillman, I think he was going to like, they had some deal. I think I, he was good friends with Heyman. I think anyway. So I mm. believe they had a deal like to, to sit shill his merchandise to Pillman to promote like ECW and stuff like on his, he had his own hotline and stuff. So I think they had like kind of an agreement there to work together still. So yeah, I think this is a soft relationship with Dota F and I just think Pillman and like Heyman were good friends. So, right. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then uh, ECW is always great at the recaps. So mm-hmm. uh, in the, the, the first half of uh, the first part of that, this show was uh, no exception. Great way to get people all caught up if they've missed one episode, because uh, if you've missed <laughs> the last episode, you sure as hell missed a lot. So right, a, right. Lot, a lot to go away for a week and the world right. changes. In ECW. <laughs> right. Our right, Joey takes us to fan camp footage from Long Island. We get a match between Tommy Dreamy and Brian Lee. It was a big weapon brawl that ended in the street. Lee threw Tommy into traffic and battered him with a pallet and choked sand him into a dumpster for the win with the help of the Bruise Brothers as Raven watched from a stairwell. Uh, either of you guys have any thoughts on that quick hit? Dude, yes. <laughs> that was awesome. I love a street brawl and uh, choke slam into the dumpster is a new one on ECW. So, <laughs> fuck yeah. And I'm Raven, sure Raven is watching for the Just stairwell. watching. That was so great when it kind of panned up and he was standing there. Oh, that was awesome. Imagine being on like a, a neighboring street, like yes. there's a close street. <laughs> And then hearing all this hullabaloo going on one street over, you think there's like some sort of riot going on or something. Hearing shit being banged around and Jesus, well, but uh, you know, that 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 tra- right, <laughs> that uh, that choke slam into the dumpster was disgusting. I mean, just a, a nasty bump for Dreamer, and then just Raven watching everything happen was fantastic. We needed the every Dreamer like. Uh, every dreamer fight match whatever just adds to his hardcore in my mm-hmm. opinion 
We needed the guys outside the trash can with the fire singing Take It Back. Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Outcome Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards striding out to some classical music. They got powdered wigs on and hats mocking the Blue Bloods, Lord Stevie and Sir Meanie. Joey says they're the Blue Meanie Bloods and calls Meanie the the Earl of Eating. (laughs) One of his best. Uh, Joey says first they were the fabulous ones, then the American males, and now the Blue Bloods. Missy hides in the ring. Stevie talks to her in a proper voice as Sam May looks down. Stevie says she violated and molested Lord Stevie Regal in New York. But tonight he fights the power and this trollop has been served. And he sticks some papers between her tits. <laughs> Raven's doctor, Mark Allen, comes out. He says he expects undivided attention. It's because of him. Stevie and Meanie have a job. He calls Sam and James Fullington, which gets him oozed. He says Sandman knew he had a career-threatening injury. He asked for the best doctor, rearranged his schedule to get him the best. Sandman paid good money, flew him to Salt Lake City, put him in a plush hotel, offered him all he could drink. Alan says he doesn't drink. Sandman's aghast at that. He says he didn't waste his time repairing Sandman, and he doesn't care about his wrestling career, but his reputation is on the line. He gave him specific post-operative instructions to be off his leg for four weeks, and Sandman has disrespected him by coming here to wrestle tonight. Sandman cuts him off and says Missy's professional opinion will change his reputation if she plants a big kiss. Joey says now he may, may need to be the one to see the doctor. <laughs> Alan gets woozy and Stanman canes Richards to get us going for this match. Uh, so, Jenny, what do you think of this um, segment here? A lot going on with the Blue Bloods and uh, Dr. Mark Allen making the most of his few minutes of fame here. Really going in. So I think that uh, I've been pretty vocal about my disdain for stevie mostly like you know this group of episodes has has um changed my opinion of stevie a little bit Mm -hmm. like i know he's been doing this for a while i just hadn't really been into it but something about stevie regal is fucking (laughs) hilarious to me (laughs) and then the earl of eating made me die (laughs) early when he called missy a trollop I was losing it, and then he stuck the papers in her tits. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, I'm in. I'm in, Stevie. Yeah, the parody then, stuff is good, and they're, they're oh really God. good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And like, so you know, I, like I said, this is not new, but it's just the first time that something that they've done has really popped me. So, uh, And then the James Fullington, I was like, holy shit, I've never thought about what is Sandman's shoot name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like it blew my mind. Like I was like, oh, I, the doctor. I was like, the balls on this guy. Like, <laughs> automatically love the doctor. He is like tiny, tiny little man, just in there with these crazy people, and he just stands up to him. You don't give yeah, a he shit. Does not give a shit at all. He no. has got the biggest balls of anybody in this ring, and I'm just like, just awed, awed by the doctor. I'm like, hell yes. Uh, until Missy, you know, she, she, she plants a kiss on him and then (laughs) everything's different. Uh, it was awesome. Like this whole thing, I was not ready, but I loved it, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this too. Stevie was fantastic. Oh, the woman with the breast augmentation surgery. (laughs) it's It's so fucking great. Uh, the doctor just not giving a single fuck about what Sandman has to say. And then it, it, you have the thing with, uh, you know, Sandman shouting like at the top of his lungs, who the hell don't drink? <laughs> like, uh, it's just uh, this was fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah, just a great segment all around. 
Ur- Earl of Eating. Yes. I was like, it's, Joe, what a joke. It's one of, his, it's one of like, his best. I died. It's, it's fantastic. It's, a, it's so good. All right, so that brings us right to our match, and that is Sandman versus Lord Stevie Richards. Uh, Steve, Sandman is limping. Stevie super kicks his knee, grabs the figure four, but Misty hands him the cane, and Sandman smacks him with it a bunch of times, but Stevie will not let go. In comes Meanie, who punches Sandman until Missy canes him. We clip ahead where Sandman smashes Stevie with the cane, but eats another super kick. He goes to the figure four again, but Sandman gets a small package and picks up the win. In comes a bloodied raven. He attacks after the match and takes out Sandman's knee, batters him with the belt before hooking on a figure four and whacking with the cane over and over. Uh, so not much here. It was good heat. The legwork was good. It was more segment than match, but it worked to set up Sandman's ongoing issues with our champion. So I went just a star and three quarters, Matt. Just kind of... It's kind of there as, a, as an angle. Yeah, I'm at two on this. Uh, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, really short, like two minutes long. But I think, you know, assuming Sandman's injury was legit, was a good way to get around his injury by having him work this fairly basic match that's basically like a leg lock for the whole thing. So uh, I, I thought that was good. I, I thought uh, Sandman winning was smart. The cane shots were disgusting, as per usual, from uh, Sandman. But uh yeah, pretty fun for what it was and a good way to get the crowd their Sandman fix, even if he is really hurt. So two stars for me. I will never not love like <laughs> cane shots when there's a leg lock. I don't know what they're, there's something about like the distance or something like uh, the, I don't know how they're all tangled together. And then like, he's right there with the cane, just like, mm-hmm. it just looks so brutal and like, and Stevie takes it well. Like he's he's really good at, at you know selling for what Sandman can do, and um, and the the roll up is perfect, you know, for the ending. It's just quick enough and just kind of Sandmany enough uh, to be the perfect ending. And then the bloody run in was awesome by Raven. So I had to go the two stars. All right, Joey talks about RVD's issues with Sabu. Brings us to the ring for our interesting match here. Sabu takes on Mikey Whipwreck. A uh, match from Allentown, PA. It's a match that happened down in Allentown. We'll see if it's as good as their massacre hidden gem that we saw. Mm-hmm. Sabu has a neck brace on. He dives right at Mikey, but Mikey dodges. Sabu grabs the left leg and twerks at it. Sabu lands a clothesline, hooks a front face lock. Mikey escapes and heads up top. He gets caught and taken down with a hurt Karana. Sabu grabs a chair and jabs Mikey and then charges, but Mikey ba- uh, bails out. Sabu pitches Mikey to the front row, springs off a chair off of the top, and dives into Mikey to a big pop. Back in the ring, Sabu grabs a chin lock and cranks away. Mikey breaks free, slugs away, and heads to the middle rope and catches Sabu with a swinging DDT. Sabu slides outside and collapses but dodges a baseball slide, shoots Mikey to the railing. He slams Mikey with air Sabu. Mikey dumps him in the front row and barrels into him with a springboard somersault senton. Mikey drags Sabu to a table bridge and heads up top as Sabu pops up. Smacks him, grabs a chair, sets it up, springs off it, but Mikey crushes him on the top rope. Mikey then nails Sabu with a chair, and he crumbles to the floor. Mikey puts Sabu back on the bridge and then rips off the neck brace, heads up top, and dives through him. Back inside, Mikey covers for two, then goes to a dragon sleeper. Sabu slips out and hits an Arabian skull crusher, then into a spinning toehold. Mikey breaks that and hits an enziguri. Mikey goes up top, and it's a big splash for two. He goes up again, but whiffs on a somersault senton. Sabu hangs Mikey across the top gut first, hangs him across the middle rope, and smashes him with a chair. Oof. Puts Mikey's head on the open chair, guillotine leg drops Oof. him. It's fucking disgusting. Oof. Mikey survives that. Mikey tries to frank him, Mikey, but Sabu counters into a tiger bomb for two. 
Mikey battles back and gets two with a Frank and Mikey. Mikey goes up top, but Sabu blasts him with a chair, drop kicks him to the floor. We take a break. We come back. Sabu sets up the table bridge and puts Mikey on it. As Mikey stands, he does a springboard DDT on Mikey through the table. Uh, pretty wild finish here. Sabu rolls him in and covers for the win. Sabu helps up Mikey and shows his respect by shaking his hand after. Uh, again, great. I thought it was on par with Massacre. A lot of big, heavy spots, some innovation. Mikey's just a warrior. Sabu's incredible as well. And a big win for him as he heads to Hardcore Heaven to take on RVD. And the crowd was super into this as well. So I, again, went three and a half, just like their match at the Massacre, Jenny. Uh, just a lot of big spots and, and fun stuff. A lot of big spots. Um, just like, what? just frankly, too many big spots. Sir, you have a neck brace. Sir, <laughs> you, you are broken. <laughs> I know, I know that you fight all your matches broken, but like, come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, and... <laughs> There's always just like this air of sab air of sabu um that is very indifferent, mm-hmm. right? Like not a lot of emotion coming through in a sabu match, but I feel like something about him and Mikey adds a dimension that him and other wrestlers don't really have that I've seen. Um, because it's all fairly like business like for him. Like at least I feel that way. Like He's Sabu, he comes there and wrecks people, whatever. And there's not a lot behind it, but I always feel like their stuff has more um, to it. And they don't disappoint, <laughs> even when I'm literally just worried for them now, like, especially Mikey, because he don't know how to stop. <laughs> and he just keeps, he just keeps trying. Like, he's like cockroach Mikey, like, but <laughs> he, he can't pull it out on this one. Don't know how I feel about these series of losses for Mikey, though. Like, what are we doing overall for him? Because I just feel like he's being plugged in in these little spots. Like, we're doing this, we're doing that. He's losing this, and he's losing there. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, but I do like this match. Three and three-quarter stars, Matt. Yeah. uh, Like you, uh, I thought Sabu, I mean, he's always in some sort of state of disarray, but I thought here he he was looking uh, particularly broken and beaten and Mm -hmm. like he looks like he's held together by tape and gum right now. (laughs) Like it was real noticeable here with the the neck brace and he's just I don't know. I think he was had more cuts on him than he usually does. Uh, Yeah. Again, a great match with Sabu and Mikey, very similar to the last one we saw. But different enough and different enough spots to make it stand out like that triple jump DDT. Good mm. God, how did they survive that? How did Mikey like walk away from that? Just a disgusting spot. The guillotine leg drop, uh, another disgusting spot. I mean, just six spot after six spot. And again, Mikey knows how to take a beating, which is probably why he's been losing so much right now, because he knows how to get the shit kicked out of him and make it look good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just another great match. I also went three and three quarter on this one. All right. Raven is outside in a park. He calls Stevie over and asks why he brought him to this playground from his youth. Oh, my God. Boy. Why did you bring this playground from my youth? (laughs) Raven grew to love Beulah more than anything in his life after Stevie brought her to him. But then she left. Stevie brought him Kimona. He never cared about her, but she left, too. Stevie keeps saying, I know. As Raven keeps shoving him, Raven says he told Stevie to find him a sluttiest gank he could find, and out comes and he had brought out Divine Brown, who was not disgusting enough. 
not the epitome of women in their society. Stevie's carrying two dusters for some reason, and he says he does have something for Raven. He has blue dust, and we see the blue mini. He is painted blue and naked and laying on the rope bridge on the playground. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a mini doll over his balls and does some gold dust <laughs> double entendres with movie quotes. Uh, Meanie says it's almost the champ's birthday. He would love to sing happy birthday like Marilyn Monroe. But first he wants to offer Raven salvation. He does a dusty impression. Raven says she isn't femme enough and he walks off. (laughs) Goodbye. Um, So we have the official debut of Blue Dust here. Um, Naked on a child's playground rope bridge. It'll never be the same, this playground. Uh Uh Forever tarnished. Uh, Jenny, how did you feel about your... First exposure to blue dust. <laughs> exposure. I see what you did I just, there. I just, I can't. I mean, how many lists is this man on now after this? <laughs> <laughs> what was the blue stuff? I, I mean, there, there's just so many questions. Pink. And uh, why, why does he have to be naked? <laughs> is a question to have as that well. Is a fantastic question. But it was fucking yeah. hilarious. Uh, why is Stevie waving the stupid multicolored duster around? <laughs> uh, Meanie has his socks on, even though he's completely naked. <laughs> his gold dust impression's not bad, I will say. Uh, he's trying real hard, and they all somehow keep it together. God bless them. I don't know how they do it, because I could not. I was dying. Well, especially uh, Raven at the end. Where he's like, she's, yes, she's, not she's not. Oh my god! I mean, she's not enough. I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, the kink level on this man. But it was just, it was insane. Somehow funnier to me than <laughs> Lord Stevie, <laughs> but awesome. You, you know, there there's children that had to use that playground <laughs> after this, and. Uh, <laughs> That's maybe the most uncomfortable thing is like, you know, I feel like Heyman probably somewhere in his mom's basement has B-roll footage of all three of Raven, Meanie and Stevie getting led away in handcuffs. And then the three of them having to knock on their neighbor's doors because they're on a list now. Like For real. Like it's just it, it was uh, it was uh, it was quite something. I'll say that. But uh, very seductive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I was hot and bothered. Let me yeah. tell you. But <laughs> Stevie it's, runs it's his finger lot. through the blue stuff. And <laughs> the fuck? The fuck is wrong with you? It's, uh, it was a whole ass mood. <laughs> I just love how non-phased like Raven is by all this. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like use of these antics. Right? Yeah. Right. Fucking affect like, them. You know? Just another Thursday with these fucking idiots. <laughs> All right, Pulp Fiction time. Uh, Devon chokes sign guy, says it's his family. Tommy warns Brian Lee. Douglas rants about losing his title. The gangsters talk shit on the Eliminators. The Eliminators say the gangsters will be eliminated. The gangsters give another warning. Eliminators say it'll be a bloodbath and they'll finish the war. Gangsters say they'll tear them apart. The Samoan gangster party's here. They talk shit. Devon harasses sign guy and demanding the sign guy say it's his family and not Dick's. Marlon sells Tazdil a rock and roll at Hardcore Heaven. Tazdil will shove his head up his ass. Meanie asks if he's sprayed by a big hose, and Stevie obliges. Says he sprays off the paint while Meanie dances. Meanie then grabs the hose and blasts Stevie, who says, You get me all wet. <laughs> DW is happy. Dick is back, but Devon comes in and stares at him. 
Raven says, we'll show the world how much pain he has to offer Sandman. Paul Lee says, we'll experience Sabu. Sandman has a beer and says he's running out of friends to drink with and chugs one for the recently deceased Dick Murdoch to wrap up the show. Uh, I thought, Jenna, this is a decent Pulp Fiction. Uh, it's hard to follow um, Blue Dust, true. admittedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they did um, follow with more Blue Dust, though. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, I love the gangsters. We got our ass kicked. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, it. look, we just straight up got our ass kicked. <laughs> like, what? And then, um, uh, Devon, don't even say things I want you to say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's some Jenny Smith shit right there. <laughs> um. Another good Heyman uh, peak there. Uh, pretty good Pulp Fiction, I will say, Matt. You know, you got people. You have people in ECW talking about, you know, oh, Francine's a bitch and I'm going to kill you. And then you have Varlon saying, oh, I'm ready to rock and roll, you jackass. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> it's not exactly. And then you got Taz. I'm going to shove his head up his ass. That's more like it, Varlon's, for Christ's sake. <laughs> like Up your game, to, bitch. Ready to rock and roll, you jackass. <laughs> uh, Stevie spraying Meanie and Meanie spraying Stevie. Uh, uh, you know, a, a wonderful encore to the uh, <laughs> the uh, playground uh, striptease that Meanie did. Uh, yeah, overall, not one of the best Pulp Fictions, I, I would say, one of the weakest ones, but, I mean, they're still very entertaining, and everything is so quick that it makes it uh, quick to watch, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, overall, one of the lesser Pulp Fiction segments for me. And that wraps up our episode, uh, so let's get to our awards. Best match, I think, was uh, fairly easily Sabu and Mikey. Yep. Definitely. Worst match, Sam Man and Stevie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Best moment uh, at a couple. Oh, Dr. Boy. Allen and Sam. <laughs> and then the uh, guillotine leg drop on the open chair from Sabu was nasty. Yes. Got it. You got to do the guillotine leg drop. And then, I mean, just like Lord Stevie I, and then Blue Dust. Uh, Blue Dust. I went I went with the triple jump DDT and then everything involving Stevie Richards. <laughs> Uh, most 90s, the Blue Bloods parody, Ravens, and Ravens Dinosaur Jr. shirt. So another. Mm-hmm. What was that? I noticed that shirt. I don't know what that is. It's a, a band. band. A band. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Never heard of it. Um, they did not sing Walk the Dinosaur. Oh, no, they did not. <laughs> what a whiff. I, I went with the um, Chris Farley and Tommy Boy reference when uh, he was spraying him down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For most 90s. I had uh, I had uh, Stevie and Meanie dressed out as the blue blood as the uh, blue bloods. All right, stock rising. Doctor Allen, Sabu, and Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, you gotta you, you gotta put Stevie on Stevie's there. Stevie's on there, yeah. yeah. Um, I would put Meanie on there as well. Uh, stock well, stock falling. I had Meanie's dignity and. <laughs> <laughs> His belly over his pants. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And final grade, uh, again, solid episode. I think it was just a little step below our last one, but still lots going on. So good storyline stuff and a good final sell for Hardcore Heaven. So I went six out of ten. Dude, I had to do the seven. I laughed way too much in this episode. and <laughs> Outrageous. So seven. I went uh, six and a half. Okay. Very good, very good. So we are rolling uh, some good episodes of TV there. Sets up our next episode in two weeks. We talk at Hardcore Heaven. 
some big matches set up, a lot going on that we're uh, really in the middle of here as we hit the halfway point of 1996, which is crazy to think. We're already almost halfway through our third year of ECW wrestling, Jenny. Um, you and I and Matt, you know, since you joined in too, we're trucking through 96 here. And, uh, you know, it's many argue that this is kind of the peak year of ECW when you factor in everything, storyline, in ring, et cetera, et cetera. So you see if it continues to live to the hype. So for Jenny and Matt, I'm JT. We're out. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Stay extreme. Hello.